This is Dearson Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. And did you guys know that you can sign up for a club membership, a magazine subscription, and tickets to the Ark Encounter all in one place? That's some cross-pollination right there. <laughs> Came up with that one myself. FightLaughFeast.com is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic. Here's what you should do. You should sign up for a club membership, then sign up for the Ark Encounter with that $100 discount off of your purchase, and then you should sign up for a magazine subscription. Easy as pie. We've even got our own social media platform built into our website now for our club members. And once you're a club member, you'll get access to exclusive content like a Bible study series with Pastor Toby, a special series with New St. Andrews President Dr. Ben Merkel, all of our backstage content, and all of our conference talks with more to come. There really hasn't been a better time to be a cross-politic club member. Sign up today at FightLaughFeast.com. That's FightLaughFeast.com. Now, let's get to the news. We'll start overseas. More than 2,300 dead after devastating earthquake aftershocks in in Turkey and Syria. The death toll has surpassed 2,300 after a massive 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit Turkey and Syria around 4.17 a.m. on Monday. Both countries have declared a state of emergency as rescue efforts move to find survivors trapped under rubble, reports of the Times of Israel. A second 7.5 magnitude earthquake struck a few minutes later at 4.24 a.m., approximately 60 miles north of the first quake's epicenter, which was centered in the southeastern province of the of Gaziantep, Turkey, according to the Daily Mail. The first quake's depth was up to 10 miles, according to the U.S. Geological Survey, and had aftershocks reaching 6.7 on the Richter scale. Tremors reverberated as far away as Israel and Cairo in Egypt. CBS reports that U.K. Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said, We stand ready to provide further support as needed. A total of 76 search and rescue specialists have been dispatched from the U.K. to help with the efforts. Almost immediately after the quake hit, Turkey asked the European Civil Project and humanitarian aid operations for assistance and aid. The Turkish interior minister said the main impact of the earthquake fell on Kamararas. After that, there were at least 22 aftershocks, six of magnitude over six. The earthquake was felt in 10 provinces. Two hours after the earthquake, several dozen dead are known in many cities. Multi-story buildings have been destroyed, and it is not yet possible to start clearing the rubble. Moving on, prostitutes solicit sex right outside Catholic elementary school. Police handcuffed after California Democrats passed law to protect transgender sex workers. Parents of children are up in arms that prostitutes are soliciting sex work right outside of California elementary school. Some are saying that a law passed by California Democrats has handcuffed law enforcement in cracking down on sex workers selling their bodies in broad daylight. KGO-TV conducted an investigation about prostitutes working outside St. Anthony's Elementary School in East Oakland. The San Francisco-based news station captured video of sex workers, prostitutes dressed in minimal clothing and stiletto heels walking the streets near the Catholic school to sell their bodies in the middle of the day with students nearby. KGO-TV reported the I-Team captured videos along East 15th Street outside the school gate on four different dates over the past couple of weeks, showing young women wearing barely any clothing walking along the school sidewalk, the street corners, or directly across from the school. 
All the videos were captured as children were being dropped off or walked into school. Concerned parent Rosa Vargas told KGO-TV that she sees prostitutes near the Catholic school every day during all periods of the day. Vargas said the sex workers solicit sex so close to the elementary school that they recently were blocking the entrance of the parking structure of the school. Oakland City Councilman Noel, Noel Gallo noted that he is receiving complaints about prostitutes every week. Gallo stated, I get the call saying, Mr. Gallo, I can't get into my home because the pimp is blocking my driveway. It's constant, end quote. Gallo said he has seen up to 20 scantily clad women walking up and down the street, appearing to engage in prostitution. He revealed that some of the girls are as young as 15 years old. City officials believe some of the women are victims of human trafficking. Some believe that recent construction along the busy highway caused the sex workers to migrate to residential neighborhoods. Rodney Pierre Antoine, who oversees the Catholic elementary schools, during, including St. Anthony's, said that the hands of the police are somewhat handcuffed. Pierre Antoine is referencing Senate Bill 357, known as the Safer Streets for All Act. Interesting. SB 357 states existing law prohibits soliciting or engaging in an act of prostitution as specified. Existing law also prohibits loitering in a public place with the intent to commit prostitution as defined or directing, supervising, recruiting, or aiding a person who is loitering with the intent to commit prostitution or collecting or receiving all or part of the proceeds of an act of prostitution. Under existing law, a violation of any of these provisions is a misdemeanor. This bill would repeal those provisions related to loitering with the intent to commit prostitution and would make other conforming changes. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed Bill 357 into law in July and went into effect on January 1st. Police officers told KGO-TV that the new law is prohibiting them from rescuing, rescuing women who they believe are victims of human trafficking. Moving on, Democrat-led state that's killing businesses could shrink amid push to secede in several counties. After 11 Oregon counties approved a preliminary vote to secede from the Democrat-led state, local leaders around the movement are explaining how the urban-rural divide has left them with no other choice. Quote, people in eastern Oregon have felt like their state-level governance has not heard them, has not paid attention to our concerns, and has not been working for eastern Oregon, Greater Idaho Movement spokesperson Matt McCaw said on Fox & Friends first Monday. McCaw along with Oregon business owner Sandy Gilson, supports supports the idea of having select counties elect to move their state borderlines to state-level governance would come from Idaho. Over the last two years, the Greater Idaho Movement has worked to gather constituent sentiment around the proposal. Business owners like Gilson sounded off on Oregon's tax policy, detailing the burden taken on by a corporate activity tax. The decision to secede from the state, McGaugh argued, would be a win-win for all involved parties. The formal state bill, called the Greater Idaho Bill, was introduced to the Oregon legislature on January 10th. Idaho state leaders reportedly motioned for formal discussions about the proposal last week, noting that the purpose is to begin official discussions on whether it is feasible to move the Idaho border into eastern Oregon. However, if Idaho and Oregon are to negotiate a border adjustment, U.S. Congress would have to sign off on it in addition to both Oregon and Idaho legislatures. The plan would create what would become a nation's, the nation's third largest state geographically. We'll have to see how that moves forward, or if it doesn't. Moving on, five months of late night. 
93 liberal guests, and one conservative. That's the tally. The plan would create what would become the nation's third largest state geographically. Moving on, let's go to entertainment. Five months of late night, 93 liberal guests, and one conservative. That's the tally. The late night comedy shows ended 2022 with a unanimously liberal guest count. That trend continued until the very last day of January, a newsbuster study has revealed. MRC analysts found that from Labor Day through January 31st, liberal guests outnumbered conservative guests 93 to 1. It was 99% liberal and or Democrat. The one exception was my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, who Jimmy Kimmel put on to mock. This is follow-up to MRC's late-night guest election campaign study. The study looked at daily six late-night comedy shows, ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers, and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, CBS's The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and Comedy Central's The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and 2023 Tempo's Fox Gutfield was not included. MRC analysts divided guests into two categories, partisan officials, then journalists and celebrities. When it came to the count of politicians, the court was tw- the count rather was 27 Democrats to 0 Republicans. Stephen Colbert led with 10, Noah was second with 7, Myers was third at 4, Fallon came in fourth with 3, Kimmel placed fifth with 2, and Corden was sixth with and last with one. Hillary and Chelsea Clinton, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Texas Democratic gubernatorial nominee Beto O'Rourke, and former First Lady Michelle Obama were the guests who appeared multiple times during the length of the study. Obama's appearance on Colbert was split into multiple episodes and is counted as multiple appearances. It was the only guest to appear three times. As for journalists and celebrities, the results were 66 liberals to one conservative. Stephen Colbert was again the most partisan with 21. Trevor Noah with The Daily Show, temp host, came in second at 17, 11 for Noah, one for Leslie Jones, two for Wanda Sykes, and three for D.L. Hughley. Myers and Fallon tied for bronze with 10. Kimmel again placed fifth with seven, and Corden was the least partisan with one. And folks, that just goes to show that they are doing just full-on agenda setting. But we already knew this. Jesus is Lord in public and in private. Every area of life must be subject to his lordship, and our use of technology is no exception. What captures our attention on the screen either glorifies or dishonors our Lord. That's why Accountable to You is committed to promoting biblical accountability in our families and churches. Their monitoring and reporting software makes transparency easy on all our devices, so you can say with the psalmist, I will not set anything worthless before my eyes. Guard against temptation with Accountable to You and live for God's glory. Learn more and try it free at Accountable, the number 2 U dot com slash flf that's accountable the number two u dot com slash flf lastly let's end with this chinese spy balloon carried explosives to self-detonate following the shooting down of a chinese spy balloon over the weekend after it crossed the entire country pentagon officials have revealed that the balloon potentially was carrying explosives to destroy itself according to the daily mail air force general glenn d van herk commander of the u.s northern command revealed in a monday call with reporters that the balloon in addition to potentially carrying explosives was 200 feet tall weighed thousands of pounds and its payload was the size of a jetliner. Around on several different uh, websites here. We're checking with the Associated Press. We're checking Twitter on several different official. Oh. Well, 
I believe it just happened there. That was it, live, raw, and unfiltered. It appears that that China spy balloon has now been shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. You are taking a live look here, live, raw, and unfiltered, as that balloon appears to be heading downward after it has been shot down. Van Herc's comments came following a briefing by National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, who defended Biden's decision to wait to shoot down the balloon until the weekend. On the coast of South Carolina on Saturday afternoon, the U.S. military using an F-22 fighter jet shot down the balloon with a missile. Shortly before the balloon was shot down, Federal Aviation Administration had issued a ground stop for three airports for the Carolinas located in Wilmington, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The balloon had entered U.S. airspace on January 28th and was known to the Biden administration for nearly a week before its report in the news on Thursday, February 2nd. The White House reportedly tried to keep its presence secret to not disrupt Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's scheduled trip to China, which was postponed after the public's discovery of the balloon. Folks, that's going to do it for this CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine subscription, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. You can also sign up for a conference at the Ark Encounter this year. Again, FightLaughFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our upcoming conference October 11th through the 14th at the Ark Encounter, early bird pricing ends May 1st, or if you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.